Hey, are you listening to the list yet? What are you talking about? The list.exe. It's a crack. Logged you into this company's website so you can listen to this show. Sick podcast. Sick how? Too hard to explain. Just listen to it. I'm sending you the files now. What's up, everybody? I'm Duncan, welcoming you back to another episode of The List. Since our usual structure has been put on hold while Daniel is actually, you know, playing the next game on the list, it's fallen to me to think of some episode topics. So I've been bringing in a couple of games that I actually played to the show. Apparently, they're all from 2016. Uh, this week, it's Super Hot, the most innovative shooter I've played in years. Daniel, you've played Super Hot, right? Super Hot. Super hot. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah, it's great. It is. Pretty good video game. Would you say it's innovative? Yeah, I mean, I'd probably say it's the most innovative shooter I've played in years. All right, but before we get into that, any updates on Pillars of Eternity? Well, I think I'm, I'm uh, you know, things are starting to come to a head now in the game. Uh, various threads are being wound together, so Ooh. I think I'm starting to... Starting to see the tapestry that those threads all... Yes, exactly, exactly. Alright. Yeah, it's, I'm, I'm still enjoying it, though. Cool. It's pretty sweet. Talked about it with my friends at work today, actually, because they were talking about how, like, two guys at work play WoW, yeah. play uh, World of Warcraft, but one of them is super into World of Warcraft Classic, and the other one plays Retail, mm -hmm. and so they were, like, you know... Debating the merits... Yeah, 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 just fanboying, you know. Which, I guess it's not really that, because it's, it's the same game. It's literally the same game. But, you know, yeah, just debating the merits, why they like the one and not the other. And I was sort of just in the background. But it's funny, because I'm playing Pills of Eternity, and stuff that they were talking about, like, each time one of them would say something that, that they were like, well, I don't like this about the one that you play. You know, in my head, I'd be like, yeah, that's why my games I play aren't a problem because of this, you know, such and such a thing. But mostly it came down to like, ah, dude, just the way they play WoW, to me, just sounds like they would really enjoy filling out spreadsheets. Yeah, it seems like you know, that is a kind of They're just game. like min-maxing everything and being like, oh, this such and such a dagger only drops from this one raid boss, and it has a 14% drop chance, and it's the best-in-class offhand weapon for a rogue. So I need to raid, do this raid, and then in my guild, I have to roll against this other rogue who also wants this dagger. And, like, uh, it's just so, like... It's just, a, it's just a fucking management sim at that point. And I'm just like, don't you just want to, like, you've already beaten this raid, right? I'm like, oh, yeah, I've played it, like, 50 times because I'm trying to get this dagger to drop. And I'm just like, so you, if you've beaten this bad guy, then you've done the thing. Why, like, why why are you doing it over and over and over? The same thing. It's because they haven't like, the dagger yet. I know. and it, but it, But here's the thing. Like, let's say they get it. Then what? Oh, then they're going to keep doing it because the other guy like, in the guild for? hasn't got it. Right, but <laughs> to, to what end? This is the thing that's I, I can't wrap my head around. It just seems like they're just, they're just like making the numbers go up. But that's like the whole game to them is they're just trying to, to get the numbers to go up more. And like, that's not a game. Uh, I mean, 
isn't it though? When I play in Pillars of Eternity, and it's like very much the same thing, right? It's like this RPG, like a party-based RPG thing with you know damage and healers and tanks and different classes and all these things, right? And mm-hmm. like randomized loot drops and all this type of stuff. And like, say I, I defeat a, a bad guy and it drops a sweet dagger, I can just be like, hey, that's a sweet dagger. And then I can compare it to what I already have and then either use it or not. And I, I'm not concerned about like, this isn't the one that drops it. I can't use this one because it's not the best in class for my offhand for this class of character. And like, <laughs> I, oh God, it just seems so. They just want the number to be higher. It's like, that's the goal that they have though. And then they have a set of challenges between them and achieving that goal. And that's a game, right? Uh, I mean, sure. I guess so. I, I'm not I'm not actually trying to like yuck anyone's yum, right? Well, like no, if I that's just... if, if that's what you like, fine. I just cannot fathom a world in which that would be fun to me. Yeah, I don't know. So like I'm plus all the social pressure of that where like the guild is like, well, if you're playing a priest, you how come you're not a dwarven priest because the dwarf race has this such and such stat that's better for priests and if you're not playing that, then what are you even doing? And like, oh, you're not fully kitted out so you can't do this raid with us because you're going to be a burden to the group and like all this just man fuck all that fuck the numbers going up and the fucking pressure and the rolling against other players for loot and like all that shit i just want to fucking save the world and be the hero and then move on another element to it too though is like you're talking about those social pressures being a negative thing i think that's part of why people like this kind of game the numbers going up provide them social status. Uh, yeah, you know, I never thought about that. Like, the num- how high the numbers are are like a direct correlation to your social status in that world, right? Not appealing to me. But this, this isn't the WoW podcast. I was just talking about Pillars of Eternity and how it's like mechanically very similar to WoW, you know, yeah. as far as the RPG-ness of it is and, you know, the spells and DPSs and all these types of things. Sure. I just much, it's a, it's a single play. It's like, doesn't have any multi, it's a single player offline (laughs) narrative experience, right? That is what I want. Bringing the real world into my video games is fucking anathema. I think there's two things that are common in games that you don't really take part in. And those are social gaming and challenge devoid of narrative, you know? Uh And you're like, "I, I don't, I don't care. And that's kind of, like, WoW has narrative stuff in it also. Yeah, that's but... one thing. I, well, it's true, but no one cares. Right. And that's, like, a problem, right? Like, I've asked WoW players before. They're like, oh, we're doing this raid, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, well, like, why, why are you, like, what's the deal? Why are you doing that? And they're like, oh, because I got to get this dagger in the drop, right? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, no, I get that. But I mean, like, the boss of this dungeon, like, what's his thing? Right. Why does your character want to kill yeah. this boss? Like, because he has the dagger. Yeah. Why is there 40 of you going into this cave to kill this fucking dragon? And they're like, what do you mean? (laughs) I was like, never mind. You know what? Never mind. He's murdering this person to steal his dagger. That's the story here. (laughs) Right. Right. According to them. Yeah. I mean, not really, but they're just like, it's not something they'd even considered. Right. Like, and I'm not talking about these two particular people I was mentioning before. I just. You know, in the circles we run in, there's a lot of WoW players no, that totally. I know. I, I was actually talking to Shane about WoW, like, last week or something, and he was, like, showing it to me, because you you can download WoW without buying it, 
and you can even uh-huh. start playing it. There's just like a paywall that you run into. Sure. Right? And he was showing it to me and talking about it. And basically what we decided is I don't have time to play this game with him. Mm-hmm. Whether or not I would be interested, yeah, no doubt. I'm not going to be, I'm not going to play it with him. Right? But right. he was showing it to me and talking about it. <laughs> he's, he's played WoW for years, like going on a decade, right? Uh-huh. And one of the things he told me when we were talking about, I was like, oh, but you're so far, like, into it, and I would be starting at the beginning. He's like, oh, well, I've never done any of the story camp missions. I don't know what the story is, so, like, that'd be cool if we did the story together. I, I don't know what it is. What? I'm like... What are you doing, then? <laughs> Why do you need to kill this ogre? This is not just like, oh, I did the story, and then I finished that, and now I keep playing this game because I want to make the numbers go up. No, apparently... He started playing the game in that mode. Never did the story. Yeah, it's just a mindset I don't understand. It's like, yeah, yeah, all my friend, my guild, we're going to do this raid, and we're going to go in here and kill this ogre and try and get this dagger. And my question is like, oh, what's the deal with the ogre? Why do you need to kill him? It's like a question no one has ever thought of before. (laughs) What? What do you mean, why? (laughs) Because that's what you do in the game. Like, no, no, I, I get that. I understand how the game works. I'm asking, what is your motivation, your character's motivation for doing the thing? And he's like, because uh, I'm a priest and I need this fucking staff. Like, okay. You know what? <laughs> you don't understand. You can, don't even understand my question, much less can have a coherent answer to it. I'm not going to get an answer here. Correct. Did the ogre, is he like attacking travelers on the road? And you're trying to, like, make the roads safe for travelers? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> what? No, he only spawns in this dungeon. Yeah, yeah. Like, no, no, that's not what I mean either. If he just attacked down the road, that'd be way easier. We could avoid all the traps. We'd just go down the road a bunch of times. <laughs> no! No, no, no. No, I get that. Oh, man. That's funny. Anyway, but, yeah. that's some, just some work conversation about WoW, and I guess really just how Pillars of Eternity is better than World of Warcraft. <laughs> that's really what I want to get across here. Well, If I had to review Pillars of Eternity, for instance, mm-hmm. I could do that, because that game came out like three years ago on console, and like five years ago total, so I'm way past the required timing things. Uh, yeah, it sounds like you want to talk about our news section. Do you, man. We have a transition. You ruined my segue. Oh, damn it! I forgot! Again, I always do that. Yeah, and disregard. No, I I am fully behind. We interrupt our regularly scheduled program for some news. Thank you, Three Dog. Now, today... Sorry, sorry, Three Dog. My bad. I forgot about you again. Metacritic. That's a thing, right? Sure. Whether we like it or not. Like, it is a useful tool, but a lot of people on there are useless tools. Uh, as long as it's being used in good faith, right? Uh, yeah. And, like, the weird thing to me is how important it's become to the industry. You know, with, like, people sure. getting bonuses and stuff based on this third-party website's aggregate of what other people are saying about the game. Yeah, and, like, it is weird, but also, like, I kind of get it, right? Mm-hmm. Like... You're trying to quantify a qualitative thing, right? Like, right. how good is this game, <laughs> right? So, you know, whether you're, you know, someone like us who's, like, talking about games overall or whether you're a accountant or, or executive, a business person mm-hmm. 
trying to like figure out if your product is successful enough. There's sales data and all that, but like that that doesn't necessarily tell the whole story, you know? Sure. If like there was a lot of hype for your game and it sold real well out of the gate, but everyone thinks it sucks, maybe there's not a long tail on it, you know? Or even worse, people will be like less likely to like be interested in your next product. Mm-hmm. Even if this one sold real well, like uh, Watch Dogs. Yeah, yeah. If one, if this one sold real well, but everyone was like, oh, this kind of sucks, actually. Then, yeah. Then when the next one comes out, even if it's fucking awesome, like Watch Dogs, or, or also fucking awesome, like Mafia 3, then, uh, or Watch Dogs 2, I should say, people will just be like, oh, yeah, it's one of those games in that franchise that kind of sucked. Yep. Right. So, like, I get it. Like, like I said, they're trying to quantify a qualitative aspect. Like, right. is this game good? Do you like it? <laughs> right? Did people generally like it? That's like a thing. So, in Metacritic, what you know, how effective it is, I don't know, can be argued or, or how uh, representative it is, but it does do that. <laughs> right. right. And we get the benefit. That's typically based on the critical reviews, where Metacritic separates out critic reviews from user reviews. And right. I believe that the bonuses and stuff like that, when they use Metacritic, they usually use the, the critical reviews. Because, at least partly because, of things like what happened with The Last of Us Part Two and mm-hmm. review bombing. Just mm-hmm. driving a game's user review score down to like yeah. zero sometimes. Yeah, that's just like a thing now. That's mm-hmm. just what happens, right? Like, if there's any controversy whatsoever. <laughs> Anything someone can construe as controversy. <laughs> right, right. Around a-, a game or its publisher or a writer of a game or-, or anything, then like that company's games get quote unquote review bombed. And this is where. You know, for our listeners who may not know, that's where a bunch of users who are upset at a game or or somebody associated with a game or a company or whatever go on to that game's, uh, you know, Steam store page or Metacritic and just drop a bad review on there for for no reason other than they're mad about this unrelated thing. Yeah. Right. Or or maybe related, but maybe not related to the quality of the product itself. Yeah. And people will make like bot accounts that will go and do like hundreds of these. Sure. Yep. Or they'll do it to every game by that publisher whether they've played them or not or whatever. Yep. Yeah, hey, you alluded to this to The Last of Us 2 recently which yep. was review bombed because of it's uh well, like for a few reasons but like a lot of them were because of some narrative decisions that were made about the game which people didn't like and then also its depiction of trans people or possibly trans people or, or what have you. Um, there were some dark online basement of, of gamers. I uh, was upset by that, so they, they go on there and drop that. There was another one that this article mentions, actually, that I was thinking about when we brought it up. It's, it's funny, and when the, when the article mentioned it, I was like, yeah, that's what I was just thinking about, was uh, Borderlands. When Borderlands 3 was announced that it would be exclusive to the Epic Store, yeah. For, I think, just like a timed exclusive, like for a month or something, mm-hmm. or six months, or whatever it was. But it was like, hey, it'll be exclusive to the Epic Store. People went and review-bombed Borderlands 2. Yeah. <laughs> like, that makes sense. 
like the five or six year old game. A sudden drop in your average review score for a seven year old game suggests like what? Suddenly everyone decided they don't like <laughs> this old game. Yeah. Oh yeah, and newly played it's like quite unlikely that there was a sudden surge of interest in Borderlands two and then also all those people didn't like it. <laughs> right. Right? That's pretty unlikely <laughs> unlikely. What's way more likely is that people were pissed about Borderlands 3 being on the Epic Store, but the game wasn't out yet, so they went and review-bombed this other game. Right. Um, which, like this new Metacritic policy that we're ostensibly talking about, doesn't actually stop that from right. happening. And in fact, one of my small criticisms of this, overall, I, I don't, I'm somewhat ambivalent towards this, but like, mm. and not apathetic, but ambivalent. One of the small critiques I have against it is is that like this doesn't actually do anything to prevent review bombing. Right. Just just delays it, which I'm just like, okay, well now the review bombing will happen 24 hours later. Yeah. I, I don't so really we, know. We've kind of buried the lead in that we haven't actually said yet that. Uh... Oh wow! It's a good thing I'm not a games journalist. <laughs> Metacritic has decided that in their games section specifically, user reviews won't be opened until more than 24 hours after the game has released. And instead of being able to review it, you will get the message, please spend time playing the game. Which I do like that part. I think that's like a snarky, (laughs) you know, like, we know why you're here. You haven't fucking played this yet, you you asshole. Right. (laughs) Which I, I do like that part. And I feel like, you're right, it doesn't prevent, like, maybe I'm too cynical, but, like, what it looks like to me is that what this does do is it prevents a criticism of Metacritic, where people say, like, oh, the Metacritic doesn't mean anything. Look, how many reviews there were before this game was even an hour old. Obviously, uh-huh. these people didn't play the game. This Metacritic score is not useful. Um, yeah, Sure. I suppose that it does do that. I hadn't really thought of that. And that does kind of suck in that now the review bombing is harder to call out specifically, you know, like you're saying. Because it's like, well, none of them are prior to 36 hours, you know, like people could have played this thing. Yeah. Um yeah, I get that. Like, like I said, I'm ambivalent towards this because there, there are those things, right? That we, that we talked about. Like, this doesn't actually stop review bombing. It doesn't do anything against it, right? It just delays it, and then also it makes it harder to call it out. But on the other hand, it does. Whether this would be effective, I guess I don't know. But like, it does mandate a like cooling off period, if yeah, you will. That's you know? kind of what I was going to bring up. Is like, on the other hand, I, it makes sense to me that if people can't get pissed off and go immediately write the review. If they try to do that right. and it says, oh, you should play the game first, how many of those people are going to come back the next day to do it? Right, exactly. And, like, you know, if people read, like, GameSpot puts up a review of this game. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, yeah, and then there's uh, this character's gay. And then there are lots of people out there who would be like, what? There's another gay character in this. Well, screw this. And then, you know, then they want to go review bomb it you know yeah and like you're saying this this gives a that time to where like okay are you still gonna be this upset about this dumb thing two days from now yeah so that, so like that is true then like i said I, i'm ambivalent i do see some things and that's why i brought that up it's, it gives like a cooling off period and it gives a period for like the critical reviews to be up by themselves right 
Right. Like if I'm if I'm deciding whether to buy this game on uh, on day one, I can go look at reviews from actual professionals who have already played the game that got advanced copies, you know, mm-hmm. and played it, and then their review goes up on day one, and then I can see like oh, and it's not like my decision isn't like tainted by that other like you know if I don't know any better, like if I'm not connect, sometimes it's hard for me to know what the average gamer quote unquote what a normal person <laughs> right like a thing like, like do they like is someone plugged in enough to, or do you have to be plugged into the industry to know that like hey you should pretty much just ignore user reviews <laughs> right yeah. or, or or like you need to actually read them and not just see the overall user review score and go off of that, you know? Mm-hmm. Or do people, like, know that? Or, like, it, it, it's tough to tell, but I'm thinking in this scenario, if, like, a game comes out day one, I can be like, oh, yeah, like, The Last of Us came out today. Let me go see what people say about it. And I can go to Metacritic, and there's the critical scores, you know, it's like 95, 96, whatever. Mm-hmm. I can be like, oh, sweet, seems like a pretty great game. And then it's not tainted by, like, the three, like, the 34 user review score because all the nazis are like don't like it right like metacritic isn't there ostensibly isn't there to help corporations decide who to give bonuses to right even though that is like what it's used for a lot it's supposed to be there as like a consumer reporting function right almost like a consumer advocacy or consumer protections thing where like you can go on there and see if this product is worth buying right yeah and again why i might maybe have ambivalent feelings towards this move the the 24 36 hour thing whatever it is is like on the one hand i can see where it might be more useful in that regard to delay the user reviews because of the prevalence of like review bombing and user reviews that don't actually speak to the quality of the game mm-hmm. and, and that kind of thing. Um, and just having the critical reviews there for, for some amount of time. But also, on the other hand, I can see... And, and me, as uh, the champion of corporations, I am far more likely to trust the professional game critic yeah. well, than I am actually- just like fucking the public. Because... <laughs> They're just dirty, the dirty, massy, you know, the mob. Fuck them. Yeah, but, like, uh, <laughs> the last thing I wanted to say about that is, like, I, honestly, I wouldn't care if Metacritic announced they're not going to have user reviews anymore. I'd be like, but, great. But see, also, on the other side of that, though, is, like, as, you know, that's, like, my, my fake funny persona, champion of corporations. On the other hand, I also am, like, a fairly liberal and progressive person, and I feel like silencing if you have a consumer reporting function that silences the consumers of the product then maybe that's not functioning correctly yeah but it's right? like metacritic it's supposed to be aggregating critical reviews of things and yeah, then like yeah, I suppose the user you're right reviews about that. are just there because everyone in the world thinks that their voice is important and what they have to say on the internet should be read by everyone yeah, else. Right. And so they make podcasts where they talk about the games that they played and stuff. I mean, yeah. Or that's but, what, like, that's why I post tirades on Facebook because <laughs> everybody needs to hear what I have to say about things. Right. And, and you know, like I'm not on Facebook and, and my, I don't care if the critic just didn't have user reviews. I'm like, okay, uh-huh. I, I'm here for the critical aggregation, not... Yeah, I personally, like, reviews. don't use user reviews. Like, I want to see what the critics had to say. And I'm even a little bit critical of that, because when it comes to Metacritic, some of what they consider 
journalists or critics or whatever. Mm-hmm. Now we're getting into the labels thing again, right? Like, what do right. I consider a games critic? Like, do you have sure. to work for a recognized, I don't know, whatever. Anyway. We could probably spend forever criticizing Metacritic. Sure. Anyway, we'll see. We'll see. Like, hopefully this, I, I think the biggest thing about this waiting period thing is like the cooling off thing we were talking about, right? Yeah. Like, it will prevent some number of people who just find out a thing about a game and just get up mad about it all of a sudden, like it'll give them like a couple days to be like, you know, maybe you're not really that mad about this thing, <laughs> you know? Sure. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Yeah, but if you want to be mad about something going on on the internet, you can uh, check out the U.S. Army's Twitch stream, right? Oh, sure. Yeah. Fucking the man, dude. The man is trying to trying to get into the, our video games. What's yep. up with that? Like, hasn't that been going on for a while? Like, I seem to yeah. remember Army of One was, like... Sure. Oh, yeah. They, it's like... the So, you know, as, like, you know, full disclosure here, I am ex-military myself. <gasps> but I, I think I've, I've shown myself on this podcast to be fair and balanced. Trademark. Ours. No one else's. TMCR. <laughs> but, like, you know, I, I, I'm pretty critical of the military... You know, I, I left, after all. Not that, not there anymore. What, like after 12 years? Yeah, I spent 12 years there, and I was like, oh, okay, I'm, you know what, I'm done with this shit. But we could do a whole podcast on why I left the military. There's, It's funny, people ask me that question, you know, they're like, so why'd you get out? You know, as yeah. if there's just like an answer to that. Because they tried to scam me on a giveaway. Yeah, well, that's, that's why I got in. <laughs> I just wanted an elite controller. And then 12 years later, I hadn't got one yet. So I was like, fuck this. I'm out. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> I gave it, I gave them, good for you. <laughs> I gave it a fair shot. I really, you really did. <laughs> yeah. You gave it the old college try, right? <laughs> yeah. The old uh, three college tries. In fact. <laughs> yeah. But what, what this is, apparently the U.S. Army has been promoting this giveaway on their Twitch channel, right? Where they, uh-huh. they have a... Like an automated Twitch chat bot that will pop up and say in the Twitch chat, Hey, you want to win an Xbox Elite Series 2 controller? Check out this link. And then the link just goes to a recruitment form for the U.S. Army. Yep, it's just a complete blatant lie to get people to give their information to recruiters. And I would like to also point out, a lot of people like to say, like, well, I was in the military, and then they think they're qualified to talk about whatever military topic is coming up, whereas... I can yeah. tell you from someone who was in the military, like, I'm not qualified to talk about most things about the military, right? Because I didn't sure. do most things in the military, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I did a thing that was specific to me and my branch of service and, and its mission. Yeah. But it, for this particular thing, I think I am qualified to talk about it because I, I was a recruiter, in fact. <laughs> Sure. For three years of my military service, I did recruiting. And like, this is this is just a tactic to get people to give their information to recruiters so they can call them, right? Like that's, yeah. like that's a number one mission of the recruiting's community engagement efforts is to just get names and phone numbers. Because once, sure. like if they can just get a recruiter in front of someone, then the sales pitch can happen, right? Right. You know, you're not like, like the, the military isn't just like a store who's just like waits for people to come in to buy a thing, right? Yeah. They are out there pounding pavement and trying to sell this product to people. Yeah. A recruiter is a salesperson. Yeah, a absolutely. 
Absolutely. And they may use a hard sell tactic or a soft sell tactic, but they are trying to sell you the military. Yep, that is absolutely right, 100%. And like, this is just a tactic to get your information on a list, right? Yeah. So you click that link and you're, and they're like, hey, sweet, give us your name and phone number, right? And th- there's no controller. There's none right. of that. You just give them your name and email address and phone number so that recruiters can call you and email you and shit. Yep, and uh, apparently Twitch says, no, none of that. Yeah. You either give these kids a controller or just stop it. Yep. Yeah. Which this will be interesting to see whether or not they give a shit enough to give them a controller, right? Like, <laughs> right. You know, maybe I like I don't know what I'd rather find out is if they just stopped. I, I guess that's what I want. I just want them to stop. Sure. But they might be like, oh, I guess fine. We'll fucking we'll buy a hundred of these. <laughs> yeah, we'll buy a hundred of these controllers and start giving them away. But yeah, that's like uh, that sucks. The other thing that I thought was interesting about this article, though, is that, uh, apparently, and this is pretty funny. Apparently, the U.S. Army's Twitch channel has been under fire from Twitch before for uh, banning people who oh. brought up U.S. Army war crimes. That, yep. like, in the Twitch chat, they'd, like, the Army would be streaming some game or whatever, and then people would just start posting the Wikipedia page to U.S. war crimes in the chat. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, asking questions, like, what's your favorite war crime that the U.S. Army has committed? You know, <laughs> and stuff like that. So, the the Army would ban those people, the, or the whoever runs the Army's Twitch channel would ban those people. Sure. And so Twitch operators, like general Twitch people, have the power to do that, right? Like that's, you know, their channel. And, you yeah. know, if, if you're on there and there's somebody being a shithead in your fucking chat, you can you can ban them, right? Yeah, that's like pretty if, reasonable. If you are a Twitch streamer and someone is saying things just to aggravate you and get under your skin, you're allowed to be like, oh, I, I don't want you to participate. Yeah, it's like that. That's pretty reasonable. The problem is that this particular Twitch channel represents the U.S. government, right? And so there are free speech considerations here because the the point of the First Amendment is that the government can't bring repercussions onto you for saying that it sucks and stuff. <laughs> you know, right? Sure. The government can't block you from their Twitch channel for telling it it sucks, and then right. also they can't pretend to have a giveaway. And not actually have one. Right. Stick it to them, Twitch. Yeah, Twitch. Stand up to the government. <laughs> That's right. Oh, we live in an oligarchy. Yeah, hey, man, look. Look. <laughs> Here's a good uh, one of those would you rathers, right? <laughs> it's like, yeah. what side are you going to pick, Duncan? Twitch or the U.S. Army? Oh, Twitch, 100%. How's that for a, <laughs> how's that for a choice? <laughs> that, that, that's not even a debate. Nope, not a hard question. Uh, Sorry. Okay, uh, maybe, I, like, maybe I thought like, it would be a little more of a, oh, uh, you know... Not a fan of corporations over here. soup or shit sandwich, but... You're like, <laughs> not the champion for corporations over here, but, uh, yeah, sorry, the U.S. Army is worse. Okay, alright, well, I guess we agree on that, for the most part. Oh, man, I think that's the new stuff that I wanted to cover. Was there anything else that you wanted to talk about before we take a break? Uh, I, I guess I just want to mention real quick that we haven't forgotten. There's like still ongoing things in the gaming industry regarding inappropriate behavior, sexual misconduct, 
uh, hostile work environment. Yeah, hostile work environments. That stuff is ongoing, and I just want to make mention to our listeners that we don't want to just like bring it up and then just seem like we've forgotten. Oh right, about we it, solved know? that problem. <laughs> yeah. All right, they fired some people. Moving on. So uh, I just no, want no. to make we the list. Oh, we, we yes, solved that problem. <laughs> yep. We talked it out. It's done now. No, I meant we fired like we fired Kyle. Remember. Didn't we fire oh, Kyle? No, no, I brought I brought Kyle back on. Oh, so oh, sorry, Kyle. I just, I just need the help. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Okay. Well, anyway, uh, I just want our listeners to know that we we will fire Kyle if there is any sexual harassment. Yeah. Well. Okay. I was gonna say I just want our listeners to know that, with the exception of Kyle, we are still concerned about workplace environments and working conditions in the industry. Oh, yeah, de- like definitely, that. like, with the exception of Kyle. Nope. Sorry, sucks to be an intern, Kyle. But, you know. But if we discover that there's any sexual harassment going on, we will fire Kyle. Oh, yeah, super fired. Real fast. Don't get harassed, Kyle. That's... <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh, victim blaming. Anyway, should we take a break? Yeah. At Hot Corp, We believe in individuals and unity. That's why we seek out truly special and unique individuals to become part of the system. If you've ever felt different or alone, Hot Corp wants you. We want to find out what makes you special, what makes you different, and assimilate those qualities for our entire team. In the Hot Corp family, everyone is special in exactly the same ways, and no one feels left out. Hot Corp. Let's be individuals together. I also believe in Unity. Child of Light was a pretty good game, and uh, Valiant Hearts was another pretty good game. Thomas was alone. Magic Arena. That's a pretty good one. Oh, really? Is that, I didn't know that was a Unity joint. It is. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Magic Arena, too. So, essentially, this week, we're, we're talking about Super Hot because, I guess it was last week, Mind Control Delete actually came out. Yeah, on the 16th, I think. Yeah. I think it actually went into Early Access last December, so for a lot of people, it's not very new. We talked about Early Access a bunch yeah, last week. Yeah, and so, but... listeners from last week will understand when I say I don't give a fuck when it went into Early Access. When did the fucking thing come out? And that was July 16th of this right, year. But, so. but, like, my point is, doesn't that, like, dilute the impact of a game's release? Yeah, uh, yeah, like, it does. Not to personally, but in... Uh, yeah, like, well, even to me personally, because a lot of the places where I stay plugged into the gaming industry... Don't take my unreasonable stance about early access. <laughs> and so they will like talk about a game when it's in early access. And then when it comes out, they might mention it in passing. Like, oh, yeah, remember that game we were playing last year? That, that's uh, out of early access now. So you can go pick that up if you want to. And then they'll move on, right? <laughs> so, right. So, yeah, you're, you're totally right. Uh, well, Mind Control Delete is the, the third game in the Super Hot series. Is it? What's the second one? Super Hot VR. Oh, which is oh well. Okay. Not, it's not just a VR port of Super Hot. It like, has additional yeah, sure. like, story content stuff. So anyway, point is, Mind Control Delete has been available to people for a while now since it, it's been in early access since December. But I wasn't aware of that. I didn't know. I saw it when it got released, right? Yep. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's cool. I really liked Super Hot. 
And so I decided to play Super Hot this week. And I did that. Cool. Oh, well, I say I did that. I didn't actually play the entire thing. I may or may not play it some more. But there's a point in the game that you get to where it forces you to shut the game down. And I got to that point and it was pretty late. And I was like, all right, I might go to bed. Sure. Yep. But I thought, you know, with uh, Mind Control Delete getting attention right now and the fact that I was caught up in that and played Super Hot, then Super Hot would be a game to talk about this week. Sure. It was uh, developed and published by the Super Hot team. It's an indie project. We're funded on Kickstarter. Actually, as a way more involved, like yeah, I was I was gonna say like uh, I, I think that, and correct me if I'm because I I played this game. I actually was playing it. I think you you first became aware of it at at my house, right? Like, uh, yeah, probably. I think you were over here one time, like and we were, and I was playing it, and like doing I was like doing the endless mode, and I think we were like swapping mm-hmm. back and forth the, on the controller, you know, doing. Oh yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, so I say that all that to say like it's been quite some time since I've played this game or, or thought about it, honestly. Mm-hmm. So you'll have to, you know, you can keep me honest here, but from what I remember, what I kind of understand is I think this was like a game jam game, right? Like, this was the result of, like, some kind of industry, like, game jam thing? Uh, yeah, it's like the seven-day game dev competition. Okay, is that what, it, like, like I said, I, I don't remember all the specifics. I guess... I could <laughs> I could do something crazy like prepare for a podcast by like researching the topic. But uh <laughs> that seems unreasonable. Yeah, that, that seems like a that seems like a lot of work, so <laughs> I'm not gonna do that. It was the uh the twenty thirteen seven day FPS challenge. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, so it was like a little like a like a game jam thing came together and I think this was kinda like a like a big hit out of that. And so they yeah. they put it on Kickstarter to be like, hey, let's maybe we could like do a whole game. Yeah, kind of. So like it, they they did the the challenge, right? They came up with the basic concepts of this game for the like seven day FPS challenge, mm-hmm. and then they went on to like make a more functional game because you know when you can only have seven days to make the game, it really was sure. just. It's like a proof of concept, really, right? Right. Like here's an idea for a game, and so they made. A bit more of a functional game that could just run in browser mm-hmm. and put it out for free online. Oh, really? And I didn't that, know that. That got a lot of attention, and that's when they decided, like, "Hey, we could make a full game if you guys want to kickstart this project." Mm-hmm. And so it just kind of grew in these like different stages to the point where eventually they got funded. I think they got funded within an hour of actually opening their Kickstarter. They were fully funded. And so they added stretch goals, and that's where, like, that endless mode you were talking about that you and I played together when before I knew about the game, or I guess when I knew about the game, mm-hmm. anyway, was one of their stretch goals and stuff. But yeah, they, they, they made a game, and it came out for PC in, like, February, and then on the Xbox in May, and so on and so forth. They kind of had a staggered release, but it came out for all of the things, and then they made a VR version also. Now, is this the game, Super Hot? Is this the game where you're trying to chop down a tree? No. Mm, are you sure? Pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. Honestly, I feel like you're trying to lead me somewhere uh, like, because I know that you know what this game is, but I don't. Yeah, know. I think there's a there's a part. So, like in this game, there's there's like a meta narrative going on, right? Mm-hmm. 
there's like what's happening in the game, but then like in the game you are playing a game. Right, and like all of the narrative stuff is told through like the menus. And yeah, stuff. and I think like you can search around in those menus, and there's like kind of like a little text adventure in there too. That's oh, is there? Yeah, I think so. If if this is the I game I'm know about this thinking or, of, or I forgot it. Uh, TreeDude.exe is one of the other files that you can play that you can like execute in super hot yeah. and then it's like a it's like a little ascii oh, yeah, lumberjack guy and then you're yeah. like trying to chop down a tree or whatever right and like you're chopping little sections out of the bottom yeah. and the trees coming down and you have to dodge the limbs yep exactly that yes so that yeah. that's all i was just this is a very again <laughs> we're really doing the torturing the bits thing a lot here but i was just yeah, it's fine i was just making a joke about super hot was the game where you're trying to chop down a tree right right well there's all kinds of like little hidden stuff in it like that right we should probably tell people like what this game actually is right sure this this game so this is a it's like a first person shooter as as we talked about it was developed during that that little fps game jam thing but it's a first person shooter where the gimmick of it is that time only moves when you're moving. Time yeah. moves when you do is like their tagline. And so you're going through these FPS levels as you would in like a normal first person shooter and picking up weapons and, and trying to defeat uh, bad guys. Uh, at the same time, you're trying to like dodge their bullets and outmaneuver them and stuff. But you can, if, if you're not moving, you know, time around you is frozen and you can yeah, like, like plan out. hang in the air. Yeah, exactly. So, so it really gives you like a cool ability to like plan out your next move and I, I think it really does actually does a really good job of giving you that john wick feeling that the john mm -hmm. wick game doesn't <laughs> doesn't give <laughs> i think super hot is actually pretty good at, at at that uh some people have talked about it being like more of a puzzle game than a traditional shooter because yeah you can stop and plan out like okay i have this sword so what I'm going to do is I'm going to slice this bullet in half that this guy shot at me. Then I'm going to throw the sword at him. And then I'm going to grab his gun out of the air and shoot this other guy with it. And so like, yeah. that's what you can do in the game. Yeah. And it is really cool. And there is some like, you know, we, we've mentioned before how genre labels are kind of meaningless. But there is some like debate as to whether this is an FPS or a puzzle game. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it has elements of both. Sure. It's got a very minimalist style graphically it's environments are all just whites and grays and kind of boxy three-dimensional models and then the enemies are all these uh like bright red guys and the objects you can pick up are all black yep yeah so this would be a much more frustrating game in like a traditional like fps art style if there if, right. if lots more were going on in the level it i think it would be much more frustrating because it would be a lot harder to read if that if that makes sense yeah it's like you might not be able to see the bullets like they're stopped in the air but you can't see them because they're gray and the background right. are gray and brown and and then, like, you don't know what you can and can't pick up right. and that yep. sort of thing. But, yeah, in, in this game, it, everything is very clear. Like, Yeah, it communicates a lot of information about what's going on and what you can do just visually. Yep. And and it's cool-looking, too. Like, it's not particularly, like, graphically impressive, but it's artistic. Mm -hmm. And then it's got this, like, kind of ASCII menu system that's, like, a retro feel and then... It's kind of like artistic, but not graphically intense visual to it. That it just all kind of works together. It'd be a very interesting and, in my opinion, good-looking game. Yep. 
but but it is it does stand out like you can tell the difference between super hot and any other game visually yep yeah for sure so yeah that, that's what the game is it's this like first person shooter with this nifty time mechanic where you know you can plot and plan out your combat moves much more strategically yeah and i think if that doesn't sound like a lot like that's like okay but that like how long can you keep doing that before it starts to get old it's like well apparently about five or six hours yep like the game is not very long like the actual like main game is fairly short but then it's also got these like endless modes and challenge modes and stuff where like if you enjoy the game and want to spend more time with it you can spend it's pretty much like a near infinite amount of time playing this game if that's what you're interested in yep but if you just want to play it and you're like, okay, I don't want it to overstay its welcome. Like, yeah, it's also pretty short. Yeah, I, I think it, it does a good job. Like Portal a lot has been praised for this of being like, you know, if you kind of have like this one gimmick, that's that, like, that's your thing, right? Is this one, mm-hmm. this one thing, like you were saying, you don't want to overstay your welcome, right? It, like yeah. 15 hours of just doing this one thing is like. You know, like we get it. So I think Portal does like a really good job of, you know, it's like three, four hours long, whatever, you know, and, and super hot's the same way. Cause that, you know, at three or four hours, like you've, you've learned the mechanic and then it's been expanded and you've solved some pretty difficult, you know, combat puzzles with it. And then, uh, you know, and then, and then that's it. And then that's the end of it. It doesn't beat a dead horse. Because, you know, it knows it's it's got the one mechanic that it does. Yeah, it doesn't give you time to get bored with it. Right. I think that's pretty good. And then it has, like, all of these other things buried in it. Like, you mentioned the Tree Dude game is in there that you can discover. And I, I was going to bring up the EULA, the End User License Agreement. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. This is just a thing that, really, at some point in the game, it'll make you sign an End User License Agreement. Yep. But it scrolls by on the screen too fast to read uh-huh. it's a it's a fairly long document but like you know plenty of people have recorded it and sure. then slowed it yep. down right and it's just really weird and packed with all kinds of nutcase things like let's see in the event that all energy has been exhausted from the universe and all matter has reverted to cold lifeless husks this contract shall remain in effect and all rights properties or consciousnesses abrogated to the system shall remain part of the system uh-huh which is funny because that's like a little foreshadowing there. Yeah, and then there's a section at the end. This is the part that I kind of wanted to mention. Is there a, a bit at the end titled "Truth"? It's the last section of the end user license agreement. Mm-hmm. But there's like ten different things that might appear there, and the game randomizes it. So, oh, okay. If you were to slow it down and actually read the document, you wouldn't necessarily be reading the same thing everyone else. Did. Gotcha. And there's like various different basically explanations of what's going on there's like 10 different things and some of them have a lot of information in and some of them are very vague abstruse Mm -hmm. yeah and so but i i just thought that was really i i guess what i'm trying to communicate here is i really like the style and writing that they've done it's just a lot of interest and like mysterious stuff to try and figure out and understand yeah. and like discover yep. in this game. That's aside from the fact it's just, you know, a kind of little combat sim with a time gimmick, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I guess it's funny because like we were talking about narrative justifications earlier in the podcast, right? When we were, when we were talking about WoW. It's yeah. funny, like for a game like Super Hot, there's sometimes where like you just don't, you, you wouldn't, you don't actually need one, right? And I think it, it yeah. is 
it's tough, man. It's tough talking about art this way, but like sure. a lot of it is based on feeling, right? Like, how do you feel about this? You know? Yeah. But like a game that is like, I don't know, trying to be serious about its content, like mm-hmm. as, as fanciful as it is, like something like WoW or Pillars of Eternity or whatever, you need that narrative justification for things. Yeah. Whereas a game like Super Hot is it's just like red dudes and <laughs> a combat puzzle, right? Like you don't, like I feel like yeah, I it doesn't really need a narrative justification, but I, I super appreciate that it has one anyway. Yeah, I think it gets a lot of that from those like, sort of how I mentioned it, it kind of falls into both genres and it's a kind of a puzzle game. I think that's, that is kind of a benefit that it gets from being a puzzle game in that puzzle games don't really require narratives Mm -hmm. because you just go, I want to solve the puzzle, you know, like doing a jigsaw puzzle. Like you don't, there's not a story to it. You're like, Oh, I I want to see the picture. I'm going to do the puzzle. Yep. That's true, but what like what what I was getting at is more that like. But they did. Yeah, the narrative is is probably not even necessary here. Or important, and like most people, I would venture to guess that you know ninety eight percent of people who played this game maybe didn't even realize there was a narrative really, or just didn't care to yeah, follow it. You know, because you kind of have to explore the unnecessary bits of like the menus and uh-huh. stuff to find most of the narrative. Like there's stuff that you're presented with in the game as narrative. Mm-hmm. But I, and again, this has been a very long time since I played this, but I, I seem to remember thinking like a lot of that narrative stuff that is, that is uh, like unmissable in the game wouldn't really make mm-hmm. sense without a lot of the no stuff that really you wouldn't. have to find on your own, you know? Yeah. There, there's a point in the yeah. game where you like come upon a person who's not a red dude, we'll say. Mm-hmm. And like that whole sequence just seems like, I don't think it would make sense without any of the other stuff in there but like with the other stuff in there it's like super ominous right it's like oh shit like i know who that is you know yeah yeah so it's cool i think like the like the the narrative i think does like a a a good i i I don't know i I don't know really know what i'm trying to say maybe i'm just trying to say like the narrative is better than i expected for this kind of game yeah and i think i appreciated how this game kind of like I don't know, respected the audience enough to hide the narrative, sure. basically. Be like, hey, if you aren't interested in the narrative, that's fine. Play the game, have some fun. We, we appreciate you purchasing the mm-hmm. game. But on the other hand, if you are interested, they, they've got stuff in there that you can't miss. A kind of, you know, red flag you to be like, hey, look, there there is stuff to find, right? Yep. And then they hit it, and you have to go find it. It's not they're not going to beat you over the head with it, right? And and I I enjoyed that because it made me feel like I was discovering something, even though you know, like they've laid it all out for me to find, right? Mm-hmm. It's not like I've discovered this uncharted territory or whatever, you know. Just I've just followed the clues, but it, it gives you a sense of accomplishment. Yeah, for sure. What did uh? So you look through the um user reviews. What did like people have to say about this? <laughs> yeah, so. This is kind of funny. Like, I got on, on Metacritic, as I do when we talk about a game, right? Yep. And it, it got an 83 as a score from the from the critical reviews, right? And It's a little, little lower than I would have expected based on my remembering of the talk in the industry. But, like, this might have just been, like, my particular, like, three or four podcasts that I listened to liked it or yeah. something. I don't know. But I, I just remember hearing, like, a lot of effusive praise for this game and then... 
I would have expected a little higher than an 83. Yeah, I wasn't terribly surprised. I think 83 is certainly considered pretty good. Like, you know, obviously everyone want, wants something to be higher, right? Mm-hmm. But that's a good score, and it is like a five-hour game, you know? Yeah, true. Like, while I don't devalue it for that, a lot of people do. Like, even actual game sure. critics. Sure, that's stuff. true. And I think, what it was it? Like $25, I want to say. Yeah, something like that. Something like that. So, yeah, so maybe... Yeah, okay. I could see that being a part of an issue, part of the issue, I guess. is Yeah, like, it is pretty short. But, you know, I, I did notice most of the reviews, almost all of them, did mention that this is the most innovative shooter I've played in years. Oh, yeah, definitely. That came up a lot, and, and it is, it is actually, you know, like... Yeah, as, if there's one thing I could say to our listeners about Superhot, it would be that it's the most innovative shooter I've played in years. Yeah, and, and you know, like, it's also just, this is different from anything else you've played, right? Like, yeah, being serious now, like, yeah, that's true. Like, this is... It is literally innovative. Yeah, yep. One might even say the most innovative shooter I've played in Oh, yeah, years. I would say that. I would definitely say that. Um, but I would be contractually obligated to say that. <laughs> but the user reviews, as always, are a bit more interesting, and we kind of talked about user reviews on Metacritic a bit already this episode, yep. right? And there's some weird Gabbage. stuff. Like, one person gave it kind of a mediocre review, but they said, like, oh, it's it's a really good game, but the level design is really bad. The enemies spawn from behind you and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, it's... Yeah, it, it like that's part of the challenge. Is like, yep, you know, they spawn behind you, but also not until you are moving around, and so then you get killed by them, and you know, like, oh, okay, so when I replay this level, I need to turn around. Yeah, this is or this is a, a game that you really that's that's a good point I want to mention because this this does well. See, here's it's weird. It didn't really frustrate me for this game as much, but something I am often frustrated about in games is a gimmick that will just like a gotcha thing right yeah like force you to read yeah to where it's just like there's no way like i think now i haven't played this game but partially it's for this reason reasons like this but like in dark souls i am led to understand the chests you open to get items out of sometimes they will just be insta kill fucking things and that there's there's like literally no way to tell unless you just know that that one is a fucking insta kill thing. Yeah, it's like it's always the same chest. So the one in this location is is a trap one. But other than just knowing, right? That, if you're just trying to play through the game, you know, and you don't know, yeah. like you could try and open that chest, and then it will just insta kill you, and then you're just like, oh, okay, fucking don't open that one. I guess that kind of shit right. is super frustrating to me normally. Yeah, but like, like for some reason, that's kind of Dark Souls' whole thing is trying over and over and over again. Yeah, and but for some reason in this game that isn't like in this game. To, I want to say to like to our listeners in Super Hot, you have to understand going in that like you have to learn what the level does. It's not necessarily reasonable to think that you will succeed at every level the first time. Right. You have to learn like, wh- where the particular weapons are and where the bad guys will spawn. Yeah, and I think part of part of a mitigating factor for this, it's got very low stakes. Sure. When you start a level, you can restart it at any time during the level by, by pressing a button. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you die, you can press that button to just start it again. Yep. And it is instantly start and the over level, again. Like, can... like, fairly short. 
It's it's not like yeah, you like, start over a level. I mean, a level might be like forty seconds long, you know, or something. Honestly, like aside from the time that you spend not moving, the levels are like less than ten seconds. Of sure. Place. Like if you just played it and you didn't stop to adjust and like think and stuff, like each level is like ten seconds long. Yeah, true. <laughs> the length of it is. is but I, your, I just wanted to put thing. that out there because I know like our <laughs> the regular listeners that we don't have will have noticed or will note in the future, like, I'm sure this will be something I'll gripe about again for some games. Yeah. It's like, this game just fucking it just had these gotcha moments where it's like, ah, you didn't know that was going to happen. Now fucking start, you know, checkpoint and avoid that, you know? And that's just, like, normally super frustrating to me. Uh, and that's kind of what you're talking about in this thing. Like, oh, I just fucking spawned a guy behind you with a shotgun and killed because also i should tell people in this game like you don't really if i remember correct like you don't really have like a life meter it's like if you get shot you're just dead and that's it yeah right yeah if you get hit at all yeah you die so if someone just spawns behind you with a shotgun and blasts you like there's nothing you can do so but you can learn at that point like oh after i kill this or at this point in the at this time sequence this guy will spawn here when yeah. that red dude runs through this door, a guy will spawn it in this thing behind me. Maybe I should try to not be that that point at that time that I was before, right? Yeah, but I think like this comes down to like it being a puzzle game as much as an FPS sure. again, because like in a normal FPS, that would be incredibly frustrating. Like dudes just spawn behind you, you got to start the level over again, knowing yep. that. But in a puzzle game, like another example of the sort of puzzle that you might do with this game is you'll just start a level with three guys standing in front of you, right? You can see them before you even start, mm-hmm. right? They're there, and they're all pointing guns at you, and they all shoot from three different directions all at the same time, and you're initially like, what? There's no way out of this, right? right? And you're supposed to figure that yep. out. And, yeah, you're going to take several tries because you got to figure out what you can do in that situation. Yep. And I think that's a very similar thing to the dude spawning behind you, is it's presenting you with like, oh, yeah, learn what's going to happen before you expect to complete this mm-hmm. level. Uh, but then, like, another another user review, I thought this was funny, I wanted to read this one. They gave it a zero, and they said, making an Oculus-exclusive game instantly makes you a shit dev and will ensure that I never buy or recommend your content. Either stop making exclusives or close down. And the thing is, Super Hot wasn't a VR game at all, which is what they're reviewing. But even Super Hot VR, which is pretty close to being Super Hot on VR, came out for the Oculus and PlayStation VR, and I don't remember the name of the other Vive. one, but a third VR system. Yeah, Vive, at the same time. So like, it was never an Oculus exclusive in any of its iterations. And also, he's just wrong about that whole sentiment in the first place. Yeah, sure. But also, I was just like, what? Also, you can make exclusives, and that's just a thing you can do. Companies own properties, and that's just how it works. Like, 3M makes scotch tape, and you can't be mad that 3M doesn't let Johnson & Johnson make some other, like, scotch tape. Like... What are you even talking about? Yeah, I guess also like is this guy <laughs> is this guy super upset that God of War wasn't on the Xbox? I don't know. Like how how does that even make sense? I and, and I agree with you. Yeah, it it 
It wasn't even an exclusive. It's not even the thing he's mad about isn't even real. Yeah. And even if it was, it's not a fucking problem. So I Right. Like, right. But the additional ri- ridiculousness that I want to add is like it seems clear to me. Maybe this guy is just like, you know, has a fucking principle, right? <laughs> but it seems obvious to me he doesn't have an Oculus. And he's mad because he thinks he can't get this game because it's an Oculus. It's not. But he thinks right. he can't get this game because it's an Oculus exclusive. And so he says, well, if you don't stop making exclusives, I'm not going to buy your products. You weren't going to you anyway. Can't. Look, <laughs> I could be. I could make exclusives for the Oculus all day long, and you don't even have an option to buy them anyway. Right. <laughs> so you think I'm not? I'm going to stop doing that because you threatened to not buy. You threatened it? to do the thing that you're already doing. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah, there's just so many levels of dumbassery in this yeah. post. Yeah, it's just nonsense. Also, hold on. I just noticed this was posted in June of 2016, which means this game wasn't available on Oculus. So, this, like, he wasn't talking about maybe, Super Hot VR. Maybe this was like the word had gotten out, right? That, like, oh, hey, Super Hot's coming to VR. And maybe someone had said at some point, like, Oh, yeah, I think it's just going to be on the Oculus or something, right? And then this is an example of what we were talking about, where they go and write a bad review for a product that is just just simply related to the one that they're upset about. Yeah. All right. And if I can add one more stupid, ridiculous thing about this very specific user (laughs) Uh, review that we spent so much time on. Yeah, fuck them, dude. It's our podcast. We can do what we want. Three out of nine users found this helpful. Who found that helpful? That's <laughs> no, not a right? helpful comment at all. Even if even, even if, if you, you agree, agree with, with the guy. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Even if you agree with him, that's not helpful. <laughs> like, what the fuck? And what are you agreeing with? Because there's so many places where this argument falls. Yeah, also, nothing in that entire post is true at all. <laughs> How can it possibly be helpful? It's all lies. <laughs> And also completely unreasonable arguments, even if it is true. Right. What? Oh man, I I, I think since we've spent so much time on this, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to give the credit. This is a review by ACJ. So ACJ, if you're out there listening, we want we want to hear from you. Yeah, write in about how mad you are about Super Hot right now. Oh man, I thought this was such a weird thing that I had to talk about. He's probably mad that our podcast isn't on iTunes. We're sound. We're <laughs> sound right. He's like, mad because we're a SoundCloud exclusive, <laughs> and he's not yeah. going to listen to our podcast as long as we're only on SoundCloud. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I fell for that too because I was about to be like, "What? No, we are on iTunes." Yeah. <laughs> really, oh yeah, that's true. But he's still mad that we're mm-hmm. not. He's like, "If you guys were on iTunes, I'd listen. I'd listen to your podcast, and I'd tell you about fucking super hot. But if you're just on SoundCloud, then fuck you." Um. Okay. <laughs> oh, that was a thing. Yeah, what an idiot. Right. But that goes back to our thing that, like, it is relevant, right? Because this is the kind of thing you get with user reviews. And it, it's not right. like we're just taking this example and being like, oh, look at this dumb fuck. That's, like, a lot of that. 
all over the yeah. place in user reviews and Steam reviews and all this stuff, right? It's like, mm-hmm. what did, <sighs> there was one a couple weeks ago about a game, and I'm just going to be real vague because I forgot about it, and you're not going to remember. But there's one about somebody said, like, zero out of ten because I thought the logo color was dumb. Or so, it was something that was just oh, like oh, yeah, some was, um... tiny, minute part of the game where they were like, I didn't like this part, so zero out of ten. <laughs> like, like I, I played 14 hours of this game. Like, oh, this I don't game like the was fantastic. <laughs> I like every part of it, except the colors were a bit garish. <laughs> and like all of that is fine as a user review, but then you look at the little red zero at yeah, the top of it. Yeah. You're like, wait, what? Yeah, zero out of 10. This game is awesome, except I didn't like the colors. Zero, zero out of 10? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Yeah, so that's the kind of shit. Like, that stuff's everywhere, right? And then, of course, and that's just, like, dumb people. Like, that's not even, we're not even talking about malicious people who are, like, on The Last of Us that are like, oh, there's a trans character. Zero out of ten. Right? So, yeah. I don't know. That's, hmm. anyway. Oh, man. That's that's all of the the critic stuff, but our section on the outline for Mm -hmm. our show is, like, critical and cultural impact, right? And so I I also mentioned this thing that I wanted to bring up is uh the super hot team created uh super hot presents after yeah that's like a indie promotional thing right yeah they they give money and apparently like mentoring to indie developers that's pretty cool it doesn't say on their page like how much money you can get from mm-hmm. them for this but they do say it's not very much money to, to be fair I mean they, they are also an indie studio so. Right. But they're a successful indie studio, and they basically, they say on there, they, they just want to give back. Like, they felt like they were highly oh, and, successful, and, speaking and they would of like which, to help other people be uh, successful. Something that I read that I thought, I was just like, what? Is this, uh, the thing that brought this up, or brought this game up, this mm-hmm. uh, Mind Control Delete? Yeah. I'm pretty sure, I, I, if I read this correctly, that if you already own Superhot, you, can, you get this for free? Oh yeah, I was I was gonna bring this up at some point. I was kind of hoping that you wouldn't already know this, but yeah, it's it's a little bit more than that in that you have to have purchased it. Like, if you got it oh, from sure. some promotional right. or something where you didn't pay for it, then you like don't. A count. Games with gold or a Game Pass. Yeah. Oh shit, I might have got. Did I get it on Game Pass? I don't know. I'll have to check. I might have this game right now. <laughs> yeah, but if you bought Super Hot, then you get Mind Control Delete for free. Well, that's pretty cool. It's. Like that's kind of crazy. Yeah. Right? yeah well, there. Yeah. How does they? What? Where? Uh, may, I mean, may I guess maybe this game was wildly more successful even than I realized. Oh, I mean, it was pretty successful. Here, here's the. This is from their Super Hot Presents page. This is. Just, I think I just like this company. Okay. I, I, I think that like their game is interesting and like it's got some mysterious, ominous stuff that I like and some funny bits that mm-hmm. I like. Right. But like, this is just. How they wrote about their Super Hot Presents on their website. We don't blame you if you're wondering what on earth Super Hot has to offer other indies. We use things like data and knowledge and gut feelings to make decisions as a company. We're doing pretty well by it. We have no less than four businessy type people at Super Hot. <laughs> they help make sure Super Hot stays alive and thrives so our developers can keep developing. It's going great, honestly, and we feel like we can use their brains to make more than just Super Hot. But we absolutely copied the name from Double Fine. We like the name. We like Double Fine. They said it was okay, but we hope they don't sue us, though. Super Hot Presents was a placeholder, but as I'm sure you've guessed by now, since our company and our games are all called Super Hot, 
we're not very good at naming things. <laughs> That's pretty good. I just think they're just kind of yeah. funny. Playing like in a sort of dry, subdued yeah, way. Yeah, well, I think, and to get, like, to touch back on the game we're talking about, so right. is Super Hot, I think. There's actually, yeah. like, it's like uh, this puzzle game, and the, the narrative that's happening, like you said, is kind of, like, dark and ominous. There's, um, you know, without spoiling too much, there's, like, it touches on, like, AI control and, like, you know, what happens when we're all plugged into the network and all that kind of stuff, you know, that whole trope. Yeah, and there's, like, a level where it'll say, like, dance, dog, and then have a bunch of people shooting at you, and you have to dodge the bullets to succeed, and then after that it says, sit, dog, and if you move, it just pops up and says, sit, dog, mm -hmm. again, and you have to sit and not touch the controls for, like, 30 mm -hmm. seconds to continue. And, yeah, I don't know, it's like a kind of aggressive commentary on your free sure. will. In a video yeah, game. sure. Like that kind of stuff is there, it, it, like this dark and ominous stuff, and and like you're saying, some like pretty like aggressive and manipulative type things, but not not in a bad way. I don't think. Yeah, like, it doesn't make you feel bad right, about right. yourself. It's just is like this is. It's just like look, we can make you do this thing, right? Like, yeah, it's kind of like sometimes games get criticized for like the bad guy said this awful thing, but I'm like, yeah, but it's the bad guy. Yeah, right. Bad guys say bad yep. things. But also, to, like, what I was also saying is that, like, there is that, but there's, like, this little, like, undercurrent of humor running through it, right? L like, with the with the tree yeah. dude thing. Like, you can just find this other game that's just this lumberjack chopping down a tree. And it's called, and it's, like, yeah, called and it's Tree like, Dude. And it's just looking. dumb. <laughs> like, that's just kind of funny yeah. that that's there in amongst this other, like, dark and mysterious AI takeover stuff, you know? Yeah, I think that's funny. It reminds me, uh, this other game does this is is far more blatant about it, and it is just a, not as good of a game. But there's this other mm -hmm. game called Pony Island that I played, and yeah. I played. Pony yeah, Island. and it also kind of does this. It has this like dark and and evil, but it's like also kind of funny at the same time, and like silly has some silliness yeah. going on. Yeah, I think Pony Island was all right. I think I quit playing it though because I got stuck and I just couldn't figure out what yeah, I Yeah, I, I think it was alright too, but I wouldn't say it was more than that. Yeah, that game's alright, but reminded me of, of just this like, uh, also because like that game, uh, Pony Island like super hot, a lot of its interface is this like Apple 2E era or style yeah. computer interface or, or like Pentium, like, like a Pentium 486 monitor. or something, something you know? Yeah, like a CRT yeah, monitor, it, DOS, it does, does like DOS thing prompt just, style like, things. Curve the edges of things and blur things out near the edges to make it look like yeah. a CRT monitor on, on your like liquid flash right. screen. But yeah, so that like that's another cool thing about Super Hot is it has this little like there is a bit of like a humorous undercurrent to to some of the stuff. Yeah, and that goes a long way with me. Like I think we've talked about it before on the show, but uh, like I I like humor mm -hmm. games and. And stuff, and I like it when there's more to it than that because, you know, humor alone is kind of like empty calories a lot of mm -hmm. the time. Like, I guess it's not entirely empty, or at least not with me, but but there is some of that. So I like to have more to it. But it's really great when you can interweave the comedy into the serious stuff, and neither one feels sure. out of place. And uh, I think that's what Super Hot manages to yeah. achieve. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, but I mean, I think that's most of what I what I had to say about like the mechanics and like, like I said the the critical and cultural impact <laughs> of the game <laughs> and all that stuff. Do you want to uh, spoil it? 
yeah, I mean, sure. We might as well, right? Like, that's what we're here for. Um, sure. I, I think, like, so we've talked about the narrative and, like, mm-hmm. how it interacts with the game. And, like, it, it's one of these games where, like, Super Hot sort of frames itself as a game where you are playing a game in the game. Right. So you're, we've talked about it, some of it being presented on this like uh, old, you know, late 90s computer interface. Mm -hmm. And what the game is, is you you get like a message from a friend, like a, like an instant message or a messaging service thing that's like, hey, I I got this cool game or I I found this cool uh, game. You should, you should play it. And it's called Super Hot. It's an executable called Super Hot is what it is and so like right when you open that you put on these like vr goggle things right and so it's it's clearly like not 1997 even though that's like the era that the the interface is supposed yeah, to be from like kind of a retro futurist yeah. thing except very minimalist mm-hmm. like the whole game is very minimalist so it's not there's not a lot of retro stuff or a lot of futuristic stuff but it is very clearly the this kind of pairing of two very different yeah eras yeah so that's that's sort of the framing device for this game is that you've been sent this executable by a friend and it is this game super hot and so you start playing Mm -hmm. it but as you continue to play it you sort of come to find out that the game like this executable it's more than just a game right it's it's sort of weaving its way into your consciousness in a way that you can't like you can't really fight yeah, and it's also like you start getting messages from someone else, like in mm-hmm. the game. Like all of your messages from your friend happen outside of the actual VR game, but while you're playing levels, you just have like text appear before your eyes, and then that's messages from someone else. It yep. And like at first, they'll say stuff like, Who are you? Like, How did you get here? And then they say things like, Stop playing the game. You don't understand. Mm hmm. Yeah, and it gives you this like very ominous, like it's like uh, sort of counterproductive, right? Because the more ominous the messages are, the more curious it makes you to to, to like find out what is going on, right? The more it right. tells you to stop playing, the more you're like, well, I, I got to keep playing and find out why it's telling me to stop playing, right? Right. <laughs> yeah, but then then it turns out like you probably you should have stopped playing. <laughs> <laughs> Right. That's part of the whole narrative is the whoever is in control of the game is telling you, Hey, don't play this game. I don't I don't want you to play this game. And when you continue to play it, they start telling you like all that stuff about like, Oh, look, you I can control your actions and stuff because you're in mm-hmm. my game. Like that's not gonna be good for you. And then you keep playing the game and and it gets to a point where like, Alright, fine. You wanna play the game? Look, here's the level. This is your house. Go in there and kill the person in there. And you're like, what? What? And you can go into... It's not a house. It's more like an apartment. Or even like some kind... I don't know. It looks almost like an industrial setting. But anyway, you go in there and you don't actually kill yourself. That was hyperbole. You punch the person there. And then the the game representation shatters just like all of the other game characters do when you punch them. But then you get kicked out of the game and you like kind of wake up with a head mm-hmm. injury. Yeah. And so it's, it's like, that's the first hint of the game that super hot is giving you that like the things that are happening in the game are affecting the like real world environment. Right. Yeah. Or at least the, like, like the meta environment. 
I'm like, they've clearly been telling you blatantly, like, there's more to this than you understand up till now. But, like, that's the point where, like, oh, wait, this is more than a game. It's not just like, oh, I don't understand this game or the purpose right. of this game. Or, like, no, no, this isn't really a game. Right. Yeah. What it really is is, like, some kind of consciousness downloading thing. I See... Maybe it's just a factor of time, but, like, that's the thing, right? Like, you keep playing the game, and then it, like, sucks your consciousness into the hive, right? Into the the system, as it were. Yeah. And then you just become part of, like, a mass AI consciousness, right? Yeah, it's kind of like after you punch yourself out, right, then the game will force you to quit. Like, you can't progress. If you try and click on the start game option again well it'll just like glitch and disappear and all of your other like settings and the little uh instant messenger and all the other things that you can click on in the menu will glitch and disappear until the only thing left is the like exit Mm -hmm. game button and then you exit the game and that's all you can do at that point it actually closes the the game in reality put you back to the xbox like desktop or whatever yeah but then if you open it up again then basically the system starts telling you, like, okay, fine. I tried as hard as I could to make you stop. You're not going to stop. You're going to help me achieve what I want, right? And it starts giving you these more intense, difficult missions where you are, like, instead of just fighting guys kind of randomly in streets and stuff, which is what you had been doing up till now, you're, like, kind of assaulting some sort of, I don't know, militarized people in some kind of, like, agency sort of Mm -hmm. environment. There's not a whole lot of detail to that stuff, right? So, you know, but it's, like, missions now instead of just fight puzzles, right? And basically, you learn that you're fighting your way to the core. And when you get there, you get absorbed by it. And you become part of the system. I didn't really... This was the part that I really, like, I was like, what? I didn't really understand... Why, like, why the game? So, like, you you also find out that your quote unquote your friend, the person who instant messaged you, like, had already mm-hmm. been absorbed by this thing. Because at the end right. of the game, it's like, now you're here, now you're this. Like, send this link to all your friends and tell them that this is the most innovative shooter you've played in years, and get them to play it. Oh yeah, yeah that. That bears mentioning. At the end of the game, it tells you to tell everyone this is the most innovative shooter you've yep. played in years. And so, like, that will get other people to play it, and then they'll get absorbed. But the thing I don't understand is why, I guess maybe I just don't remember, was there a clear delineation between the voice or the, the source trying to tell you to stop playing, and then the one that wants to absorb you? Because it just doesn't make sense no. for why the, the thing's like, hey, go tell everyone to play this game. And then when you do, it's like, hey, don't do this. So I don't remember all the details from the ending of the game because I haven't got there in my recent play of the game. And it was a long time ago when I played Mm -hmm. it before. But I can give you two things. One, I can tell you the like popular fan theory, Uh right, about why that's the case. And the other one is I can tell you like my head. Okay. Okay. So basically what's the generally accepted fan theory is that. Superhot is like an AI system that's designed to find and absorb the best minds and best in quotes because it, how it's measuring that is whatever. Sure, it just values, the ability right? to solve these but, fight puzzles. Right. Yeah. Right. And so 
the point of the messages telling you to stop is because unless you're determined enough, it doesn't gotcha. want you. Okay. And the point of the messages to recruit people is because it wants yeah, as it many people. Yeah, it wants a, a large testing source, but then it, it only wants the ones that are going to keep at it. Right, okay. Right. That's the generally accepted What about the idea that there's like some of the consciousness is in there are rebellious? Is that some people? Yeah, I, I haven't really encountered that very much, but there is like this, this sort of headcanon thing that I have seen at least one other mm-hmm. person say, right? This is, the, this is like, your thing that you you were talking about? Yeah. What if the system and the people, the AI conglomerate that you get absorbed by, aren't actually the same thing? But like the system is the program or machine or whatever that makes it possible to become part of that group. And basically, it doesn't want you to. And the whole time, is it's, it's trying to warn you away because it's trying to save you from being absorbed mm-hmm. like this. But the closer and closer you get to it, and the, like the more you refuse and everything, eventually, like it decides, okay, I can't like, save maybe this one. What I need to do is show you how you could hurt mm. yourself, and then then you'll quit, and you don't quit, and it's like, okay, well, yeah, I'll show you like how hard this is, or make make this more difficult, or at some point it decides, you know what? Nope, I I can't stop you from doing this, so I need to facilitate your transition here and make sure you safely make your way into mm-hmm. the group, but then the group is all of the people who were like so deeply committed to playing the game that they bypass the system safety measures, and so all of them are there going like, yes, spread the game, get more people, we want to do this. Yeah, well, maybe this is more for mind control delete, but like, to what end? Yeah, I don't know. That, that I can't tell you. Yeah. But it's true that mind control delete is like, apparently a standalone in that you don't have to have played mm-hmm. the first one but also a continuation, so like if you have played the first one, then you will feel like you're getting more out of this. Yeah, so that, that, yeah, that was just something that I, I thought, thought was, like, that was just one thing from the game that I was left, like, a little bit lacking, was like, I, I didn't really get why. It just seems like the AI just changes its mind very drastically at some point. Or maybe, like, twice. Yeah, it, it's it like, hey, come play this game. And then, like, hey, stop playing the game. And then at some point, it's like, alright, well, here we go. <laughs> you know, like I, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, like that's that's another thing. Like you remember, I mentioned the Eula thing and the truth uh-huh. bits and stuff. I think that if you actually read those, like some of them, I don't know, don't really explain that like changing its mind bit. But like they have different explanations in there for like what's actually going on. One of them, the truth section says, like, "Greeting, soldier, and welcome to the ongoing war for justice against evil Company X." Company X has retained an elite group of black hat hackers to crack Hot Corp software, blah, blah, blah. And it's all about how you're helping Hot Corp stop Company Mm -hmm. X and all that stuff. But then there's also another one that says, okay, pay attention. We don't have much time. This is the only way I can contact you within the system. This one goes on to talk about, like, dirty hackers and teaching them a lesson by using the software. And then at the end it says, talk soon, hail Satan. Uh, yeah, and this could be one of those things also that I just really don't like where I, or just, I just oftentimes feel it's a cop-out, and I think it would be in this case, too, where it's like, if you were to ask, I don't know, like, a writer of the thing, they would be like, well, maybe it's just whatever you want it to mean. You put your own spin on it. And I'm like, oh, fucking fuck off. 
with that, right? Like, <laughs> why is the game, sure. you know, contradicting itself? Why is it telling me this and then doing this? And like, are there two different, in- like, are there two different antagonists here or, or, or what? And if the answer is like, oh, you know, you tell me. Like, oh, fuck, get the fuck out of here with that. Tell me a story or don't. Don't just vaguely give me appearances of a narrative that doesn't actually exist. All right. Sure. I mean, I, I don't think that you shouldn't feel that way. I just, you just uh, don't feel I don't that know. way. I don't. That's fine. I, yeah, I don't. Like, I 100% see what you're saying, right? I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. But also, when someone tells me a story and then leaves it open-ended, like, <sighs> I don't know. There is somewhere a line where I feel like you didn't finish the story. And a place where, like, I feel like you did finish the story, but I don't know everything. Yeah. And I don't know where that line is, but but I'm okay with it. But as far as Super Hot goes, like, why, why is this happening? Who Who's trying to get me t- into the computer? And who's trying to keep me out? Are they the same people? Are they right. different? What's the, what's the end game? So, like, at the end of the game, I'm in the computer, now what? Yeah, well, would you play Mind Control Delete to find out? Or would you be like, I, I don't know if they're going to explain that, no, and I don't like this kind no, of... No, not at all. It's it's in it's on the list. I put it on there. Like, I'm going to play it. And not just for... Not just because I want to find out what happened. Like, if it explains any more of the narrative. I also just like Super Hot. Like, that game is fun. Right? So yeah. I'll, I'll play it for that reason, too. But I, I do hope they... And, and I guess that's really what I'm getting at, is like, I was... I was intrigued by this sort of narrative, the narrative aspects of the game, but I wanted there to be, I, I just wanted more of more it, conclusive. Yeah, or, or, or at least just to be more clear, I guess, maybe. I don't know what, I'm supposed to feel some type of way, and I don't know what type of way I'm supposed to feel if I don't know what's going on, right? Like, sure. And, and maybe Mind Control Delete will do, like, fill in some of those gaps. I hope so. I hope so, because I would love to know what's going on in the world of Superhot. Yeah, I think it's it's interesting. This game, I got like 100% completion on this game. I like played all the challenges and did the endless modes and all that mm-hmm. stuff. And I, I don't usually... I think I've mentioned before, a lot of times I will either not finish a game or I'll 100% yep. it, right? But when a game ends and then has like challenge modes where you just play the same levels over again, but with this extra stipulation, yep. I almost never do sure. those. I don't like that. It's just kind of boring to me. But I did it on this game because I just wanted to keep playing this game after it yeah. was over. It's also, yeah, and it's tough to do the, I think, because of the puzzle, like, puzzleiness of the game. Mm-hmm. It's it's tough on replayability because, like, you, like, you've solved this already, right? Like, you're like, right. oh, yeah, I know how to get out of this situation now, right? Yeah. That's why I noticed when I was replaying it, there's a lot of levels that I couldn't really remember what happened, but I still passed it on my first try because I kind of vaguely knew, uh-huh. like, oh yeah, on this one I'm going to have to, like, dodge real quick. Like, something's going to happen, mm-hmm. I need to jump out of the way. Yeah, there's one level in the game, I think just one level in the game that I was just really frustrated about, and I think it's one, I don't know if you've gotten there on your on your on this playthrough yet, but there's one level where you're, you're, start, you're like, in an elevator. This uh, Captain yeah. America style one, you know, where they all the, the Captain America thing where like they all they all attack there. him in the elevator. So you're like in this elevator, and I I just remember I think you're like not armed. Nope. You yeah, not and armed. so in the game you can punch dudes. That's like a a viable mm-hmm. 
uh, way, and like one punch, like you can kill them. But it actually takes three. Oh yeah, that, that's you have to right. Punch someone three times if you just you have to do like a stun. There's of... a stun thing, right, where you can like yeah, yeah, yeah. They get stunned off after each each hit, and they'll drop any weapons right. they have, and you can grab their weapons out of the air and use them on them. But yeah, so. there's this. Yeah, you start out in this elevator, and it's just like a super tight space, and they like start shooting and punching you almost immediately, and yeah. it's just at that. Because all three of the guys have guns, and they will. Yeah. Shoot you. The thing that solve on that one. So yeah, the beginning is so basically you have to figure out which guy to hit first because, like you just mentioned, you can stun people by punching yep. them. But if you punch one guy and then try to grab his gun, one of the other ones will shoot you before you finish doing that. So you gotta figure out which one is shooting first and hit him, then hit the one that shoots second, then hit the one that shoots third. And then from there, you can... There's, you know, options to how to complete it. I think I found the the most consistent way is to just then go and hit them all a second time and then go through them a third time. And you've punched them all Uh to death and their guns are all still, like, falling. Yeah, and I I think that's, like... I actually think now that you talk about that, if I remember, if I'm remembering correctly, I think that seems like the correct way to solve that. I think that's like the thing they're trying to get you to do, because Mm -hmm. up until then, you're very much centered on trying to get a weapon, right? It behooves you in every level to be like, I always need to have a weapon of some kind, right? So it just, the trick of this level is that you should not try and get the weapons. And I think that's what, where I was frustrated on that level, because I think I spent a lot of time, like, punch the first guy, try and take his weapon, I get shot. Okay, I can't do that. So let me try this guy, right? Then like, oh, I've tried all of them, and I just get shot. Maybe I punch this guy, then punch, then punch this guy, then try and take his weapon, right? And then, oh, nope, I get shot again. And just like... (laughs) Like, trying to figure out, like, I just was centered on this thing about how do I get one of these guns without getting shot, right? And it took right. me a long time to be like, actually, I shouldn't try and get any of these guns. So, the nuts thing on that one to me is, there's all that, and it can be kind of frustrating, mm-hmm. right? But once you defeat those three guys, that's not the end of that level. Yeah. Then the elevator doors open, and there's two guys on either side of the elevator with shotguns. Yeah. And that part is like almost as hard as the defeating the, the three guys. That one part. didn't. That only I only remembered that when you said it. That didn't stick in my mind as much. I must not have found that as frustrating. Like there's almost no cover. Mm-hmm. It, it ends up being fairly simple. So maybe I was just dumb, you know. But like you just need to punch out those three guys and then jump into the corner of the elevator and then you can grab a gun and and you can use the cover mm-hmm. there, right? But. The thing is, at, like, after you defeat those three guys for the first time, I think this is just, is just like the one time, to- one time that it's a major issue, because after that, you've already figured out how to defeat yep. those guys, right? Yep. But it can be, that is a kind of feel bad moment where they created this challenge. You finally is, solved it and then are immediately killed. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was like, oh, no, that is not the end uh-huh. of this level. Yeah. And, and it yeah. seemed like it's reasonable cause, to think, because, like you said, like, these levels can be fucking 15 seconds long or something, right? So, yeah. like, it's not out of the realm of possibility that the, the the little elevator is the level. Right. But, yeah, but, but, yeah, but then it's not. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah, then the doors open and there's these two guys with shotguns. Uh-huh. <laughs> like you, the, which, in the game, you can dodge bullets. That's one thing. Like, it's been compared to the Matrix a lot, which I don't really feel like is very no, similar. I but it does... 
it does have like a like virtual reality thing going on, and you can dodge sure. bullets. So like, I see what people are yep. saying. Right? Yeah, but you can dodge bullets. This is the thing I, I'm I, saying. I would say like like I don't very hard I don't to dodge. agree with them, but I it's not unreasonable for them to say that. Right, like that's how yeah. I feel too. Is I'm like, oh okay, I I understand. Yeah, why so you, you say yeah, that. you can dodge bullets and you can even cut them in half, right? Like you can like slice yep. them with a katana and stuff. But like you're saying, mm-hmm. shotguns, there's like five bullets coming at you at once in a spread, right? So it's just like yeah. you you just have to get out of the way, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, and it can be hard to do depending on your position. I think it's funny in this game that like anything you throw at an enemy will kill them immediately, right? Yeah, I think it's it's just funny because like I don't know, that's just like a just like a slapstick kind of thing where like a guy shoots all his bullets and he's out of bullets and then he just throws the gun at someone as if like that's yeah. gonna do anything. But in this game, it does. That's like a super effective tactic. And sometimes you even want to throw the gun before you're out of bullets. Yeah, I think typically, if someone is stunned and you throw something at them, that will kill them. But if they're not stunned, then it will just stun them. And so a lot of times, what I do, even if I'm not out of ammo, is I've shot a couple of shots, and then there's a guy pointing a gun at me, so I throw my gun at him, making him drop his gun, and I grab his gun and shoot. Yeah, yeah. And, like, that's a really cool, like, series of events, too. Oh, yeah, that's another thing. Bang, bang, throw gun, grab gun, shoot gun. That's another thing we we haven't mentioned yet is that at the end of each level, you can watch a replay in real time to where, like... Or it, it doesn't stop when you stopped. It just yeah, and through. so that like gives you like 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 I was saying at the beginning, like this real John Wick feel of like, man, look at my badass moves. Yeah, it's the it's the thing that hex. Yeah, <laughs> yep, exactly. I punched a guy, then I shot another guy, then I threw my gun at this guy, then I grabbed another gun out of the air, shot this guy, picked up a computer monitor off the table, threw it at a third guy, <laughs> you know, and then yeah. like. I think another thing that happens that's kind of odd that we have is that anything you throw though breaks when it yeah, hits something. Yeah, true. Like so, you can't you can't throw something and then yep. pick it back up. If you throw it, it's yep. gone. Uh, yeah, but I yeah I think we've we've about got through everything that I really wanted to say about this game. I just had a lot of fun with it. I was reminded of it when you know the sequel came up, and I'll probably play that sometime in the near future actually because you know I have it. Uh, Unfortunate thing about that is I bought it. When I saw it, I was like, oh, I'm going to get that. And I bought it. And then I found out that I could have got oh, it. Oh, you for bought free. The, the sequel already? Yeah. I bought oh, Mind Control shit. Delete. <laughs> yep. And, and it was like $14, uh-huh. right? So, eh. But I saw it on the Epic Store. I was like, oh, I'm buying that. So I bought oh, it. Oh, because you played Super Hot, what, on Xbox? Gotcha. Yeah. But another cool thing for those listeners who haven't played Super Hot and might be interested based on our conversation. Um, we've already spoiled it all at this <laughs> yeah, point, true. so sorry. But maybe I should have mentioned this earlier. If you do, you like you you didn't buy Super Hot, so you're not getting Mind Control Delete for free. If you buy Mind Control Delete, you get Super Hot. Oh, so, that is cool. There's that. Yeah, I don't know these these no less than four business people at Super Hot must. I mean, they're really doing something over there because <laughs> right? seems like they're giving away a lot of shit. And they don't have... They just have one game. Yeah, well... Uh, okay, yeah, sort of two games. One IP, yeah. right? Uh, I mean, almost three. Like, Super Hot VR is a, not just yeah, Super I Hot guess, I guess I keep, th- I keep forgetting that, because to, having not experienced it, it, it is in my mind, it is just like another platform that Super Hot is on. Right. 
But I guess what from what you're saying right. is that's kind of a its own game, huh? Yeah, I I don't I don't know. So I get the impression that it is super hot plus like there's mm-hmm. more there than there is in super hot and may, maybe it's some like less like not exactly the same levels but that's just the impression because i haven't played it either and i would have said that it was just a different platform but i, I was on the super hot team's website today and stuff and they like i don't know maybe it's just a marketing thing but they were fairly adamant they're like no no this this is a second okay. game and like we, we were putting out our third game okay now. well so like, oh, okay fine right. then. That, i guess so well, okay. Well, there you go. Super hot. Super yeah. hot. Um, Super hot. I, I believe, based on our Spec Ops episode, that when you played Super Hot, you were not doing ratings for games. Uh, that that's right? true. That's true. Would you feel comfortable giving me a off the top of yeah, your head I, yeah. after this discussion? I, I think I'd slap an eight on Super Hot. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think it's uh. Like it's definitely better than average. Like it's a very interesting mechanic. It's really cool, and the narrative yeah. was like serviceable. Like I'm glad it was there. I liked it. I was interested in it. So yeah, I think this is like uh, this is a, a notable, a notable game, noteworthy. Like hey, this 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 game stands out. Yeah, I think I think I'm gonna give this one another ten. Oh sh- Oh damn! Really a ten? Yeah. Like I was thinking I would give it a nine, but I was like, okay, but why? Like, what is it about it that makes it a nine? You mm-hmm. know? Sure. And I was like, nothing really. Like I don't have anything to complain about with this game. Like I don't have like any criticisms of it. Sure. Um, I think that the only reason why I hesitate to give it a ten is because like Spec Ops. Another game I gave a 10 was way more impactful to me. Like, mm-hmm. it was more meaningful. And, like, Overwatch is my favorite game, and I like it a lot more than I like Super Hot, mm-hmm. you know? And I might give it a 10. And like, but then is it really fair for me to compare Super Hot to other games? Is that how the scoring works, you know? Yeah, no, like, I, I've definitely been in that position, right? Where I've, I've scored a game, and then I've, like, second-guessed myself and been like, this not this game I just gave a nine isn't as good as these other nines or like I don't like it as much as these other nines, you know. Right. But then I have to be like, well, I don't have I'm not I don't have point whatever scoring, right? I, I'm not right. saying this game is exactly as good as this one or quality like that's not how it works, right? Like mm-hmm. scores are dumb anyway and to- completely arbitrary. <laughs> so do whatever you want, right. one thing. But for myself. I like them as like a good summary of like kind of tearing out the games, you know, putting sorting them into buckets, I guess. Yeah. But like not everything in one bucket is exactly the same. So yeah, I think I'm going to give it another 10. Another like thing I'm like, "Ooh, I gave the last game we did a 10 also. I don't want to be like way overdoing the score, but these are the games oh, that I Yeah, that's fair, do. yeah. And they're that's not fine. like recent games that I played. These are like the games I thought were good enough to do even though we played them forever. Sure. <laughs> Sure. No, I, I think that's so, that's legit. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm I'm going to go with an eight still because I think, like, for me, it is like the narrative is there and it's interesting enough, but it's like a little more vague and not subst- insubstantial than what I would really like to see from this game. Yeah. Uh, like, not to say, and I, I just want to make that clear for our listeners. Like, I, I I'm not trying to say that every game needs to have a very solid and coherent narrative or i'm not gonna score it highly i'm just i mean eight's pretty high right right i'm just saying like for for this one i appreciate the fact that it had a narrative because i i also appreciate the fact that it doesn't need one (laughs) 
could have gotten right. away without it. So the fact that it's there is, is great, but I found it somewhat vague. More vague than I would have liked it to be, sure. I guess. And then, like, the game is still just kind of doing one thing. It, like, it has one thing that it does. It does it really well. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. And, I like, I would give Portal a 10, but... Mm-hmm. And it, it only just does one thing, really. But I this... Yeah. I f- in my subjective opinion, the thing right. that Super Hot is doing is less interesting for as long longer than portal and not as interesting to you for as long as Portal. sure sure so yeah but i i want to say this game is a standout game it's an eight this is a good game it's a noteworthy game that i yeah yeah i think i just have a little less expectation for the narrative than mm-hmm. you do and i am more satisfied by just challenge in a game sure you know which i get it's kind of saying the same thing but applying my feelings about games to two different parts of the game. Like, yeah. when it comes to the narrative, I'm less concerned that it's a little vague and doesn't really wrap things up. And it kind of just confusing. It, it doesn't work, kind of, some, in some places. Like, yeah. you want me to keep playing but, or you don't? What, what, what are you trying to tell me here? Yeah, and when it comes to the gameplay, you know, like I I will play roguelikes and puzzle games and stuff a lot more than you do. Mm-hmm. I, I think you like puzzle yeah, games, too, I do. to a certain extent. But but that's sort of thing I'm I'm more attracted to, I think, so... Yeah, I think uh, an 8 from you, but uh, I think this one's also a 10 from me. Awesome. I, I'll go out on a limb and... That's cool. No, I think that's quite reasonable. All right, cool. Well, uh, we don't have feedback, and I'm disappointed in our audience because I'm pretty confident... Oh, you know what? Actually, I was about I was about to say that like we we put the call out to CEOs and stuff last week to really to let us know and get in touch with us. Mm-hmm. And reach out to us at the list at enginewithin.com. And I was about and to. And we would even be nice to them. Yeah. And and I was about to talk about how disappointed I was that we didn't hear from them. But it just occurred to me that we actually record these a week ahead of time. So the episode oh, yeah. where we said all that came out this morning. Oh, that's true. So by the time you guys listen to it, it will be last yeah. week. But for us, they, they haven't. Had yeah, it. I'm sure. I'm sure our inbox is going to fill up in the coming days. Right, right. So next week. We'll hear from the CEOs of all the video game yeah. companies, except for Quantic Dream and Riot. Correct. Expect to hear next week. Expect to hear from Bobby Kotick and uh, Andrew Wilson and Jim Ryan and Phil Spencer. Yeah, expect to hear from all of those. All of those folks. Do not expect to hear from David Cage. Fuck that guy. Right. I mean, he can write to us, but we're we're not going to read his email uh, on well, the show. I mean, I don't know. I wouldn't say go that far. I might read his email depending on what he has to say. All right. Well, keep that in mind. David Cage, that door is open to you now. Like you, you can write to yeah, us. Yeah, you're not coming on the show, though. It's okay. We're not platforming right. you like that. Write an email, and then we will decide whether it's worth saying something about. But I know, I know that David Cage was really upset last week when we said we didn't want to hear from him. So I'm just putting this out there. Like, David Cage, I know you are you want to reach out. Uh-huh. Anyway, I think that's it for this week, though, Daniel. Um, do you think that we're going to be doing Pillars of Eternity next week? Ooh, man. It's going to be a close one, man. I'm not going to hold you to and, it. And you... that's, I'm not going to say yes, because okay, yeah, it's possible, depend, really depending on how work goes and what happens right. this weekend. <laughs> but, uh, okay. Uh, it's possible, but it, it might be, it might be the week after that. I don't know. All right. Well, if anybody wants to reach out to you to find out what the most innovative shooter you've played in years is, 
Where can they find you? Uh, they can find me on Twitter, at DisposableHero. Cool. And if you want to hear more from me, you can find me on Twitter at Within, or you can listen to the other podcast that I'm doing with our brother, Donovan. A successful it's one? Plain, um, more successful, uh-huh. I would say. I think it requires a qualifier. Okay. It's called Planeswalkers Anonymous, and it's about Magic the Gathering. But you can find that show. You can find this show at enginewithin.com or, you know, wherever you're getting this. You're listening to me say this, so I assume you know how to find the podcast. <laughs> but you can go to enginewithin.com to find all of our stuff. Uh, there's a store tab that will show you all our tea Public stuff. Or best of all, patreon.com slash enginewithin if you really want to support the show and make sure we keep doing this stuff. Uh, Daniel, I, I appreciate you doing the show with me. Uh, I had fun. Thanks, man. Me too. Uh, you know, as opposed to usual. <laughs> you know what I'm uh, yeah, I say you appreciated this show. They're like, <laughs> finally, Daniel, you let me fucking talk about a game that I played. <laughs> fucking airtime hog, always on here talking about fucking. Oh, I played this game recently. We've done Pillars of Eternity every episode for like five weeks. Now. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Yep, that's what we've done. This is. Don't you know this is our this is our Pillars of Eternity Let's Play podcast? So we're, I'm just gonna recap what I've done in that game every week. People thankfully can't see me, but if they could, they would know. I just like cheeseburgers and stuff. <laughs> Maybe a little more than I should. Oh, man. So I, I sometimes use, like, dating apps and stuff because I'm sure. a sad, lonely, single guy. But... No, well, you're a single person in the year 2020. Don't sell yourself short. Like, that's just what oh. we do now. Oh, man. That was not a... Sh- anyway. Uh, let's see. Through the power of editing, I can pause here and look this up without looking like I don't know what I'm talking about.